What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest, visit a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary. And this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays. So if you're curious about Bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful, amazing, beautiful souls, head to my website for more information, themanifestly.com slash events. Visit the link in the show notes. And yeah, let's let's hang out in Bali. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Yancha Nicolette. If you're new here, my love, welcome. I'm super excited to have you tuned in for your first ever episode of Manifest Daily. And of course, to my OG listeners, y'all know the vibes. Okay. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, boy. Hey, what's poppin'? What's good? Welcome back to another episode of your fave. And happy Valentine's Day, my loves. Happy, happy, happy Valentine's Day. I'm super excited for today's episode because it's another astrology episode. As y'all know, I I've really been getting into astrology even more. I'm super like interested in it. I'm very curious about it. And I will be doing more astrology episodes, solo episodes um, on the podcast coming up to talk more about like sun, moon, rising, houses, all the different kind of like astrology basics, astrology starter pack, if you will. Okay. But today we are chatting with Brittany Adams. And I'm super excited because I first met Brittany Adams actually through a colleague of mine at work. And this colleague connected me with Brittany when she found out that I was looking to get a astrology reading done. And I wanted to specifically do a transit reading. So basically figuring out kind of, you know, what planets were transiting in my chart and what that meant for me and, you know, what was coming up in my life and kind of using astrology here as more of a predictive medium for major events that were going to be happening in my life. And I'm super excited because I've another reading with Brittany booked for the end of this month where we are doing another transits reading but today I asked and invited her to come on and chat all about specific transits related to love I figured it was super fitting because obviously hello it is Valentine's Day if you're listening to this a little bit later it is no longer Valentine's Day but you know we'll just pretend okay we'll pretend for this but I'm super excited because we are chatting all about transits as they relate to romantic love calling in a partner um recognizing compatibility and charts things like this I will say this episode is a bit more of like advanced astrology however we do our best to break down the things that we're talking about and tell y'all how to either google your way through it or how to find the specific things that we're talking about so it is a little bit more advanced but if you are someone like myself where you are really curious about astrology and you want to know how specific things play into your chart and not just kind of like using the collective uh, understanding of transits, then this is a beautiful and perfect episode for you. We also dive into understanding how some particular transits relate to things outside of love. So if you're not interested in, you know, love at all for this, totally understand. But we talk about how these transits can be applied to understanding, you know, what is happening in your life when certain things are happening in the stars. So in my energy reports, I'll often say things like Mars is moving to this sign or Mercury is moving to this sign or Aquarius is doing this or whatever. 
I'll say certain things like that. And so when you listen to this episode with Brittany and myself, you'll start to understand how those particular transits that I talk about in the energy reports every single month, how you can use what I'm saying to look in your own chart to get even more specific about how these transits will affect you personally. Of course, I do these and I talk about these transits on a high level, a collective level. But once you start to understand the house system and you understand how specific houses are ruled by specific signs in your chart, you'll get an even better understanding of what specific transits are affecting you or how rather specific transits are affecting you when they happen. So Brittany is a huge astrology nerd, as she says on her website, Girls Night Astrology. I will have it linked down below. And, you know, the conversation that we have really showcases just her knowledge of astrology, her passion as well. And she really helps us to understand how we can use, again, the knowledge of transits, what's going on in the stars to predict things in our love life and our life in general. So I'm super excited for this one. Y'all grab your beverage of choice. I know what the vibes are. I'm having some water as I edit this particular episode because I am just a little dehydrated baby. Okay. And I want to get us into this episode. So check the show notes down below for Brittany's Instagram, her website. She's offering 10% off for listeners of Manifest Daily for your first reading with her, which I think is a beautiful and generous offer that um, I'm grateful for. And I hope you're grateful for it as well. So without more talking, let's kind of keep this intro short. Let's go ahead and introduce the conversation with me and Brittany Adams. so much for joining me for this episode of Manifest Daily. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> yes, I'm super excited. This is like the second time we're chatting and I feel like it's really fitting that we're doing an interview today. So I'm super excited to dive into our questions, talk about transits and specifically talk about like romantic transits. Very fitting because it is Valentine's Day as this episode is released. But before we dive into some of those fun questions, I would love to do like a little bit of an intro. So please tell everyone about who you are and what you do. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. So I'm Brittany. Um, I'm an astrologer. I, for all of my other astrology nerds out there, I am a Virgo sun, a Capricorn moon, and a Libra rising. Um, and a little bit about what I do. I, I love astrology. I've been studying and practicing for about six years now. Um, I do personal kind of one-on-one -on -one readings with clients, um, but I also do a lot of astrology girls night. My website is actually called Girls Night Astrology for this reason. And it's um, funny because it it's something that I just sort of found myself doing. Um, I was I was just finding myself doing a lot of like group readings with women and, and men, but mostly women, um, if I'm honest. <laughs> and so um, it sort of just organically uh, became a thing. And it's awesome because it really kind of brings um, like friend groups closer together. It helps them to see each other through like a different lens. And yeah, and so um, I feel like it is very fitting that we're doing sort of like a, a girls night uh, chat <laughs> about astrology and about love and, and all of that. Um, so yeah, and astrology in general, I just find, um, I love it. And I find it to be such an awesome tool that sort of acts almost like a mirror um, to really just help you see yourself. And um, from there, like where, uh, how to heal, um, how to heal yourself with whatever you're dealing with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of a little bit of, of what I do and, and why I love what I do. <laughs> 
Yeah, I love that you mentioned uh, we could use astrology as a bit of a mirror because I feel like with all of these different tools, whether we're talking about like astrology, human design, the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, like all these different things, I feel like they're just ways for you to kind of get to know yourself on a deeper level. And even if you don't resonate completely with whatever it is that um, that specific thing is saying, you can be like, okay, well, no, I feel like I'm more like this actually, or I feel like I show up more like this in the world. And it really does help you learn a bit more about yourself. So I love that. Yeah. So I do love, like I said, that today's episode is really going to be more romantically themed, very fitting uh, due to the fact that it is Valentine's Day when this comes out. And I want to dive into a couple of questions about personal transit. So we were talking before we started this episode and we we're saying this one is a bit more advanced. So this is kind of for the folks who may be a bit more familiar with astrology and things like transits and kind of understand where to look for things in their chart. But of course, I'm sure you'll explain along the way where we can find certain things or how we can discover where these things are in our chart um, for someone who's maybe a little bit more beginner. But the first question that I have is a big one. And I, I don't know if this is like a yes or no type of thing, but can we use astrology to predict when we will meet a romantic partner? I love this question. And short answer, yes and no. <laughs> okay. Um, I figured it was yeah. something like that. Yeah. 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 Most, I think most good uh, questions are yes and no. Um, but yeah, so the interesting thing about astrology is so there's so many different ways that you can really work with the energies that are available to you at a given time. And <clears throat> before I get into it too much, I kind of want to back up and explain like the difference um, for the people that, you know, maybe a little bit newer to astrology. The difference between like your natal chart and then what is being activated at this like, you know, specific time. So your natal chart or your birth chart is generally, um, it's literally a snapshot of what is happening in the stars at the moment of your birth. And so I believe it's this like, it's this beautiful um, kind of like blueprint that you've chosen uh, to be born under. And, and it's like, you know, all of the different energies that are available to you throughout your lifetime. And um, so, however, um, your entire birth chart is not necessarily active at every given moment. Um, you know, there are certain times in your life where there are aspects of your birth chart that will be more like front and center, um, I should say. And uh, your natal chart is just, it's a really great way to do like predictive work. Um, but within that, um, you really just don't know how those specific energies are going to play out until they play out. <laughs> and so I like to say astrology it is a science, but it's not an exact science. I'll actually give this um, example. This is one of my favorite stories to kind of explain how uh, you know astrology might work out in a lot of different, um, a lot of different ways, and might unfold in a lot of different ways. And um, there was a man that I um, that I know that uh, was really into astrology. He was paying close attention to his birth chart, and um, he noticed that there was an eclipse that was going to happen on his fifth house. So for for the astrology uh, beginners, eclipses tend to be like sort of like portals to like major beginnings and major endings um, for things in your life with this eclipse happening in his fifth house. For some people, um, an eclipse could play out a lot of different ways for someone in the fifth house, but with him specifically, it was really looking like um, one of the the significations of the fifth house is children. And so for him, it was really looking like he was going to have a child. And he was like, this makes no sense. I'm not married. I'm not in a relationship. Like I'm not in that phase of life. Like very weird. Yeah. And, and so he kind of, he was like, 
uh, you know, paying close attention to it, but it kind of came and went um, and nothing happened. And so he was just kind of like, I don't know, I'll just put that on the back burner. Nothing major really happened. Um, and then a few years later, he ended up meeting a woman and marrying her. And she had a son, so his stepson, um, who just so happened to be born on that eclipse. Just oh, wow. How, yeah, it's so <laughs> funny how astrology just kind of plays out in these ways that sometimes we don't always see it, but it's there and it's working kind of like behind the scenes. So anyways, I just like yeah. that example. <laughs> yeah, that's such a fun yeah. example too. And it's, it's kind of like, I always think of that Steve Jobs quote about how, oh my gosh, I always butcher this one too, how you can't see like the dot, you can't connect the dots when you like look forward, but when you like look back, it's that hindsight that allows you to or connect the dots, right? So it's like yeah. him looking back and being like, oh wait, that, you know, I did have that major beginning I just wasn't mm -hmm. in the presence of it then, but it was definitely still happening, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we're left with this like yes and no, right? And I think that is, again, a beautiful answer because it shows us that, you know, astrology isn't definite. And I think in some ways it's kind of reassuring to hear that because I think sometimes people will look at their chart or hear that certain things are happening in astrology and panic and be like, oh my God, mm -hmm. there's a retrograde or this is happening and this is happening. And so it means I'm going to lose my job or it means this is going to end or it means this. And it, it just almost seems so finite and, and determined and it kind of makes you feel as if you don't have any control over your life and everything is very deterministic, which I don't necessarily believe in. So I love that it is open and is kind of fluid and, and flows in this way. But what are some major astrological trends it's then that we should look for in our charts that can tell us, you know, when we may meet someone um, or I guess maybe when that person be born although that might be kind of weird but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, you know something yeah. that could tell us a, a bit more information about some of these like romantic um happenings in our life absolutely yeah I love that you said all that too because I mean if there's anything I want to debunk about astrology it's that that like nothing is finite nothing is like you know, set in stone, we, um, you know, we get to interact with our birth chart in the way that we choose to. Um, and th there is so much choice involved. Um, so I love that. Um, but yeah, so um, I'm going to kind of go through a couple of the, um, the transits that we might look to to see, you know, what might be happening romantically. And then I'll, I'll go back through and give like some more context. So again, this is a little bit more advanced. So um, if you, you know, need to pause and Google, feel free <laughs> for all the listeners, because there's some, some things that I might say that you're like, what? Um, but so specifically for marriage and serious partnership, um, one thing you're going to look to is the seventh house and also the ruler of the seventh house. Um, and so when you look at your birth chart, um, you want to look at the sign that's on your seventh house. Um, and then uh, you look to the ruler of that sign. So let's say um, I have Aries on my seventh house. So you would look to the ruler of Aries, which is Mars. And so you want to look to what is happening within your birth chart, you know, with Mars and also in your seventh house. But you'll also want to look uh, to what is transiting um, with those planets. Um, and within your seventh house. And then also for marriage and serious partnerships, you'll also want to look at the descendant angle um, and the descendant degree. So a lot of people know about the ascendant degree, uh, I'm sorry, the ascendant degree and the, the rising sign, um, but it's lesser known about the descendant. And the descendant is sort of like, you know, the ascendant is how we are perceived and how we kind of interact with the world. The descendant is how we interact with the other with, um, you know, the most intimate relationship in our life. Um, so I'll look to that. 
Um, and then for more like dating and, and romance, I'll look to the fifth house um, because the fifth house has to do with, you know, like dating and romance and pleasure. Um, and so you can look to, you know, what's going on in your fifth house, what's transiting your fifth house. Um, and then also, again, the ruler of your fifth house. So let's say I have um, cancer on my fifth house. Then you would look to the ruler of cancer, which is the moon. I wanted to really quick pause because I actually did um, a Q&A that should have gone up before this where I talked about an app called Chani and I just pulled it up on my phone. So for anyone who has this app, if you're kind of confused about what Brittany is saying, the visual on the Chani app that shows you your birth chart is really helpful. So you can kind of look and for example, with the seventh house that you were saying, you'll see the circle chart and you'll see a bunch of numbers one to 12 on the circle. And if you look at the number seven and then you look at that pie chart, it will tell you the, the sign that rules your seventh house. So for me, I'm looking at the number seven and I see that my descendant is in, um, is in Leo or my, I have a Leo descendant, but Leo also rules my seventh house. So that kind of gives a little bit more, uh, context to some of what you're saying there. And I think might be helpful to have, have a visual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. That's awesome. It's really helpful to have a, vi a visual and yeah, they almost look like like pizza slices. <laughs> so yeah, you're right. You'll just look to the seventh one and then the fifth one to see kind of what's going on. And we'll, I think later we'll get into a little bit about like what the other um, things, because the, the seventh house and the fifth house have other sig significations as well. But um, this is what I would look to for like romance and dating and, and also marriage and, and partnership. So yeah, that's beautiful. And then also I would look to um, eclipses. So like we said, eclipses are major endings and major beginnings. So um you know, are you having an eclipse in your uh, fifth or seventh house anytime in the next like year or so? Um, you know, and um, so yeah, those can be either major endings and major beginnings in relationships. Um, a lot of people get married around eclipses, um, you know, so very exciting things. And then also I would look to um, any new moons or full moons that are happening in the seventh and fifth house. So traditionally new moons are all about new beginnings, you know, what you're uh, trying to manifest and bring into the world. Um, and full moons are about completion. So, you know, some people will get married on the, you know, a full moon in their seventh house. Like that would be beautiful. That would be such a, you know, exact um, representation of astrology. Um, and then lastly, just um, I would look at a person's uh, natal Venus and also transiting Venus because of course Venus um, has to do with relationships as well. Okay. And so when we're talking about something like, let's go back to, for example, my seventh house, right? And I have Leo, or I guess Leo is ruling my seventh house. That's how we would phrase that, correct? Right. Mm-hmm. So for something like that, you mentioned someone may want to look to an eclipse or a new moon, full moon. So when we have these new moons, right? So for example, we just had a full moon in Leo, right? Mm -hmm. So is that something that I would look for or anyone who has Leo um, ruling their seventh or fifth house would look for, like, for example, a full moon in Leo, a new moon in Leo, or yeah. perhaps an eclipse in Leo, that kind of thing? Yes, exactly. Exactly that. To take it a little bit further too. Um, so we did, we just had this beautiful full moon in Leo. Um, and so what you would want to do is you would want to actually look back to what happened um, last year during the new moon in Leo, which um, I believe was July 28th of 2022. So you want to look back to around that time and like, um, because, you know, like I said, the new moon is um, beginning. So like what was beginning in your life um, at that time? And then you will look to the full moon to see kind of like how that played out, how like that, you know, completion was, um, you know, what was completed, I guess. So, yeah, but that's, that's a beautiful example. Yeah. 
Okay, amazing. I love that. And I think that helps to make it a little bit easier to understand because again, we do, you know, when we talk about like full moons and new moons and things like that, hearing the sign that it's in, especially if you are familiar enough with your chart and do you know, like, you know, this specific sign is ruling these houses, you can kind of start to understand and, and see how it's playing out in your life for new beginnings and endings and things like that. And, you know, Again, we can take this across the board and not just apply it to love, right? So if we're talking about, let's say, the first house or the third house or whatever, you can Google, this is super easy, guys, like literally just Google, you know, first house astrology, like what does the first house rule, which is self? What does the second house rule? I believe it's finances, like uh, personal finance, right? And so then you can start to see like, okay, if I have um, this particular sign ruling my second house and I have a new moon here, maybe it's, you know, a new stream of income that's starting up for me or whatever the case is so yeah not just applying absolutely. to love but i love that you're kind of giving us the specific example here but we can take these these ideas and apply them to other houses as well absolutely yeah mm -hmm. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. mentioned was transits right and you said um we can look to planets that are transiting is this you know are we talking not just about the moon here right and the full and new moon but what other specific transits in particular would we want to look for and then how would we find that for example like a venus transit i believe you mentioned that earlier what does that look like specifically yeah, so um, great question. Um, and kind of like what you you were talking about pulling up, um, you know, your natal chart in like an app or something, that's, that's probably where you would want to start to really know what's happening from a transit perspective. Uh, my great, uh, favorite free option is just astro.com. And you'll just, you know, put in your information, and then you'll want to put in, um, you'll want to select a health system. There are 
several different health systems you can go with. Um, I like Holstein um, for lots of reasons, but that could be a completely that could be a completely different. Uh, a podcast conversation <laughs> yeah. yeah in and of itself but um but yeah so then um then of course you'd want to look to the fifth and seventh house and then you want to you want to put in there's an option to put in the date of where you'd like to see transit um and so you know let's say you're looking at transit for this full moon that just happened on the fifth so you would put in like the fifth of um february and then you would look to see what planets are on the it's, they show up on the outside of the circle for most um most apps and most, um, uh, you know, websites that kind of will cast your birth chart. And so you'll look to see what planets are transiting those houses. So, um, yeah, like, uh, like you said, Venus is a great one to look at because Venus will, you know, Venus is all about love, but it's all about value and like where we place our value. It, it also has to do with resources and money. There's, there's lots of uh, significations for that. But if, you know, Leo is transit, or I'm sorry, um, Venus is transiting your seventh house, like that could definitely be a time where like either you're, you know, uh, kind of establishing a relationship or you're really, really just kind of focused on like, you know, what do I want in a relationship? Who do I want in a relationship? And and who do I want to be in a relationship? It's definitely a time that like relationships would be very, very front of mind for sure. Yeah. And I have a question for that again, yeah. because I do these energy reports monthly and I, it's often kind of looking at some of the major transits. So, you know, if someone maybe is kind of a little nervous about figuring out the whole chart situation, could you know the same way that we're talking about okay full moon in leo or new moon in leo if we were to say uh venus has moved into leo for example right is that kind of a, a similar way of understanding exactly what you said without the visuals yes. perhaps absolutely and also if you know um even if you like you said if you're nervous about figuring out the, the birth chart if you know your rising sign you can literally just count at least in whole sign um that's why i said you know health systems get a little complicated but if you're looking at whole sign health system um you can literally count so let's say so i'm a libra rising i know my seventh house i'll just count you know one to seven and from Leo, or I'm sorry, Libra to Scorpio to Sagittarius to Capricorn, all the way over to Aries in my seventh house. So, and then if you, you, you know, you hear, oh, um, Venus is transiting into Aries, then you'll know, oh, Venus is in my seventh house. Does that make sense? Does that kind of translate? Okay. No, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it just helps to, again, make all of this a bit easier to understand. And, yeah, you know, there could be so, <laughs> there's so many things, but I think mm -hmm. just understanding the basics, right? Obviously, we know Sun, Moon, Rising, you know, those are like super basics. I think a lot of people know about themselves right now, especially if they have their birth time and if they looked up their natal chart at any point in time. But understanding the, the houses, I think just adds like a really nice additional dimension and layer on top of things for you to be able to get really specific. So when I do these energy reports and I talk about, you know, where Venus is moving or where Mercury is moving, I'm giving collective um, energy updates, but you can get specific about how it will affect you and your life if you know the house that that particular sign rules in your chart. And I do agree with you. I think the whole sign is probably the, the easiest to understand. Um, and then the Chani app does use whole sign. I think Astro, if you pull it up, the it immediately goes to Placidus. So you do have to change it to whole sign yes. so that's Thank you for a caveat that. That is, yes that is a good point yeah and most 
In fact, most, um, for some odd reason, most websites and most, um, you know, ways that you can cast your birth chart will go to Placidus. Um, it's just the default. And I don't know why, because the I mean, I don't know. There are a lot of astrologers that use a lot of different, <clears throat> a lot of different health systems, but I would say whole sign is definitely the most common. So um, definitely, yeah, look to see what the default is for sure. That's a good caveat. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I just, I'm like, I have to always remember to switch my, I sometimes watch this one um, astrologer's video. It's funny enough, I'm having her on the podcast uh, soon as well. And she uses Placidus. And one of the questions that we are going to get into is Placidus versus whole sign and why she in particular uses Placidus and, and kind of, uh, because it does make things a little more, I guess, complicated for someone who's newer because you got to go in and like count things to find yes. where something is transiting yeah. in your chart versus just yeah. knowing. So mm -hmm. yeah, but it is interesting it's, though. Yeah. And it's different from person to person. Like I, I think my very first astrology reading was done in Placidus and I, there were some things where I was like, okay, I could see that. But then there were some things I was like, I don't, I don't know that I resonate. And then I had a second one that was done at whole sign. And this was before I even knew what the difference, you know? And, and I was like, Oh, why does this resonate so much more? And I mean, and that's just my personal experience. There are other people that, you know, resonate way more with um, the Placidus. And then there's, you know, there's, there's actually tons of, of other, uh, um, how systems too to you so anyways yeah it's like language but it <laughs> is it is literally it's like <laughs> what language are you speaking specifically yeah. I'd love to get into some collective transits now and I you know again these are things that could also be applied to people specifically in their lives but what are some major transits that are happening in the month of February that are great for manifesting new love or strengthening an already existing connection yeah I love this question um so right now, um, Venus is in Pisces, um, and, and it will be in Pisces until um, February 20th. And I love this because, yeah, and I, I love Venus in Pisces. It's such a, like, sweet place for, for Venus to be. Um, I You know, I've, I've heard one astrologer describe it like, um, you know, planets are like people and uh, signs are like places. So for Venus to be in Pisces, it's like she's just in this, like, soft, Sort of like you know how Ariel, um, uh, the Little Mermaid, was uh, like slept in a, um, a seashell. Do you remember this? Like yeah. it like opened yeah. up and it was just like soft. Like that's how I picture Venus in Pisces. It's like this just beautiful, oh, I love that. like <laughs> yeah, kind of like dreamy place um, for Venus to be in. And um, it it I love it too because it's like it's a very selfless and kind of like unconditional. Um, love sort of focus for for Venus and Pisces it's it can be um just like very dreamy and and beautiful um but the, the only downside side is with Pisces it can be a little bit of a you just have to watch yourself you know not becoming like a victim in love because there's a little bit of that with Pisces there can be that like martyrdom sort of um uh, vibration and so just just being sure uh leaning more into the like unconditional love and less about the like um you know victim mentality within love um i just say that as like a little caveat but um uh also venus um on the 15th of february which like i feel like this could not have been a like better designed uh you know aspect to be happening or right around um 
mostly around Valentine's Day, but literally the day after Valentine's Day, Venus will be conjunct um, Neptune in Pisces. And for people who are new to astrology, when a planet is when planets are conjunct, it basically just means that they're like really close to each other in the zodiac. And and so when they're that close to each other, it's almost like their energies sort of merge in a sense. And you know, sometimes it can be a little bit of a conflict but depending on the planets it's it um you know for venus and neptune it's actually a very beautiful conjunction um it's very uh light and dreamy and you know because because Neptune kind of rules dreams and illusions. And it's sort of like, um, I, I picture Neptune as like Disney World. <laughs> it's very much about like the illusion of it all. It's beautiful. It's fun. It's romantic. Um, and yeah, and then Venus, obviously, with the focus on love and relationship and value. Um, you know, it's it's very, it's a very like romantic and kind of musing um, uh, aspect and, um, or I should say, uh, conjunction. Um, and it can be a very like creative and sensitive time um but it, it can also be a good time for money because venus is involved so it's it's sort of like this dreamy like beautiful and like who could have asked for anything better right around valentine's day <laughs> so it's really fun i will say with with all the astrology there are pros and there are cons um, and just to go through like some of the potential cons and just because I say this does not mean it's going to play out for you, but, um, it, with Neptune there with Venus, it can almost be like, uh, a little bit too good to be true in a sense. Um, it can kind of be like this, uh, Neptune brings in this like misty and kind of confusing vibe sometimes. And like I said, it, it's like all about illusionment and sometimes disillusionment. So sometimes it's like, you know, you could, if you're, if you're, and it also depends on where it falls in your birth chart, like where you have Pisces in your birth chart. Um, but it, it can bring in a little bit of like this, um, my Valentine didn't get me flowers, so they don't like me or like, you know, I want to be loved this way and I'm not, so I must not be lovable or I need you to prove your love for me. It can sometimes bring in a little bit of those like victim-y kind of, um, but as long as we're careful about it, I think it's, it's, it can be just a very beautiful, dreamy, like imaginative uh, thing. So with those cons that you described, it almost sounds kind of like you, because sometimes when I think about Pisces, I think of like in the clouds, and again, you mentioned Neptune and sort of like the disillusionment, right? So it almost kind of sounds like you, there could be some of the getting caught up in your own thoughts and your yes. own perception of reality and, and maybe something is happening, but you're kind of internalizing it a different mm -hmm. way. Maybe the person intended or that the situation is coming off in reality right yes absolutely no that's a great that's a great point and a great way to describe it it can definitely get you in your head and again it's like it depends on where it is in your birth chart and what's going on but you're right with pisces it it can be very much like um not of this world <laughs> in, in a sense like it's not grounded energy it's very like kind of floaty and misty um which has very fun and exciting um aspects to it but then it also has like you know some negative to it as well so yeah yeah and so when pisces uh when venus rather transits out pisces right i'm not sure where it's going next we'll figure that so out from pisces but... it would then be going to aries oh sorry go is it going okay <laughs> Oh, no, no, yeah. I'm like, where is it going next? Okay, so it's going into Aries next. So does that energy then become a bit more grounded for us after that, after this particular transit? Yeah, so when it moves into Aries, and actually, um, so Aries 
uh, with Venus kind of makes it a little bit of like an initiator energy. It's like, okay, this is this is what I want in a relationship. This is, and and it's also kind of a good helps you focus a lot too on like self love because Aries is is kind of like in a way self centered. I say that with love. I love Aries, but they can be that way a little bit <laughs> sometimes. And it's it's not a bad thing. It's actually what you know Aries is designed to be. But uh, yeah, so with Venus there, it can be it's it's just very fiery. It's like um, initiating and just very like energetic and, and exciting. Yeah. Aries and Venus can definitely be an exciting time as well. There's always. Oh, I love that. Spicy. Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and after kind of that more ethereal and like chill energy is kind of like getting a little spice to it. I love that. Yeah. Getting down to business. <laughs> yeah that's literally the vibe I get and it's oh my gosh I love that you know we we talked about some of the cons with this particular transit right but what are some transits also happening around this time whether it be like you know February maybe even going into March that we have to be aware of that may be that may bring struggle or challenge to relationships um yeah so I would say um this is not happening in February but it is worth noting um because it's it's one of the bigger transits we have this year and that's a Venus retrograde um that will be happening this summer um so it'll be July 22nd through September 4th um depending on you know where you are um in the world but yeah so um Venus will be retrograde actually in the sign of Leo and so you know like we talked about we just had a, a full moon in Leo um, on the 5th of February. And so um, even looking back to what was going on in your life then might be a good indicator of what, you know, themes might also be happening during that retrograde. And so when Venus retrogrades, um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's, you know, traditionally when a planet ret retrogrades, it's less active in its most traditional kind of form. And it's it's more like contemplative and a little bit more focused on re-strategizing. Um, so for Venus, that can definitely bring up some relationship stuff to kind of be aware of. Um, whether or not that is, you know, when Venus retrogrades, sometimes it will bring up literally past relationships. So like people who, you know, were in your life before kind of come back in. Um, oh, no. <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah. It's good to be aware of for that reason. You're like, oh, it's that damn Venus Richard. Oh, well. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but then also it can it can definitely have uh, to do with money as well, um, because, you know, Venus has to do with, you know, value and resources. Um, and so just to be aware of that. Um, and also just be aware of where Leo is in your chart, um, because that can really give you themes of like, you know, what might happen. But generally, you know, if you don't have a lot going on and you want to use that energy in a, in a positive way, just use that time to really think about, um, you know, what you want in a relationship, kind of like re-strategize and, um, you know, think about like, who do I want to be in a relationship and who do I want to attract in a relationship? And if you're in a relationship, it's a great time to just, you know, think about like, you know, how do we want this relationship to look moving forward? You know, do we want more romance? Do we want, you know, to get down to business and be more serious about our goals or creating goals together? Like, what do what do I want in a partnership and a relationship? So um, I think Venus retrograde is a, a beautiful time for that. Um, but yeah, so just be aware that that is happening. Um, and then a few other things that I would say just 
Um, generally, and again, I always add this caveat that everyone's chart is different. So, um, you know, it's really, uh, it's different from person to person. But um, as far as like planets aspecting um, certain things to uh, kind of look out for in relationships that could um, cause, you know, issues is, um, you know, definitely traditionally what they call the malefics, which um, I don't love that term because I think every planet has, you know, good things and bad things <laughs> that it brings, but um, Saturn and Mars can definitely bring some um, struggle sometimes. They don't have to, you know, it just depends on, you know, how you work with that, with that energy and also how your birth chart um, is laid out, I guess. Um, also, Uranus can kind of bring um, a little bit of a destabilizing energy. So if you have, let's say, Uranus trans transiting your um, seventh house or your fifth house, like that could bring a little bit of destabilizing energy um, to that. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. Sometimes Uranus comes and it shakes things up in a good way. Um, you know, like let's say someone's been in a marriage for seven years and they're, um, you know, getting kind of bored. And then Uranus comes and trans transits their seventh house and it really helps them to shake up their relationship and, and just kind of like, um, I guess, like, revitalize it in a sense Pluto can definitely bring so Pluto is like the god of like death and destruction and transformation <laughs> but don't get scared because Pluto um what I actually love about Pluto is he has this very like kind of like regenerative uh regenerative kind of um vibration that he brings like it's always about transformation so if there is a death quote unquote, there will be a life, you know, there will be um, regeneration and rebirth. So yeah, those are some things that can bring a struggle to, uh, to you sometimes, but usually, um, you know, with any of the malefics or any of the, the more challenging um, planets, it's, it's always for your betterment. And it's always, you know, to bring an eventual, you know, uh, rebirth. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2 and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com. 
slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. I love that you bring it back to that positive light because I do yeah. think that is necessary. And again, um, I know I'm going through my Saturn return this year and, you know, anyone with Saturn and Pisces is going to be studying their return as well this year. And I think there can be a lot of just like negative talk and just a lot of panic around a Saturn return, but just kind of what you ended with just saying that at the end of the day, this is for your betterment, right? You hear about people who go through the Saturn return and it's a lot of chaos or, you know, that destabilization and things ending and, you know, a lot of struggle and turmoil at first, but then they come out on the other end so much better with so many blessings that they're like, if these things didn't end, right? I couldn't have this or I couldn't be living this particular experience right now. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you bring up um, Saturn in that light because Saturn is actually one of my favorite planets. <laughs> and I know oh, I love podcast, that. <laughs> yeah. And, and I know your podcast is called Manifest Daily and it literally, um, Saturn is, is required for manifestation. So he, he is sometimes kind of a hard ass in a sense. Like he's, you know, he can be kind of like that um, very tough, firm uh mentor i guess but i get daddy always, energy like big daddy <laughs> yes absolutely big daddy Saturn for sure um but he's he's always doing it to mature you and to bring you into your like what you're doing you know like what karma you have chosen to do this lifetime he's going to remind you of that all the time <laughs> and he's really important in manifestation so anything that you need to bring into the world like if saturn is there you know he's going to make sure you get it he's going to make sure you do it yeah i love that i love that too and i actually it's funny you bring up the fear aspect too because i i actually had this realization i had saturn transiting um in a specific house in my chart and i realized like i was confronted with my deepest fears and now as saturn is getting ready to leave um that particular house i realized like oh, I'm not afraid of that anymore. Like it literally took the fear out of me and drew it out. And that's what Saturn does. And it's, it can be painful and it can be difficult, but again, always for your betterment. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I, yeah, agreed. And I actually, so I recorded this uh, YouTube video yesterday, which I think goes up before this particular episode, but in it, I'm talking about discipline and how, you know, a lot of times we like fear challenge and people will just want to avoid challenge. And there's this, this discourse where we're so, um, we're like, oh my God, ease and flow and we want this and that, but it's like challenge is what allows you to grow and evolve, right? And so, you know, it might not be the easiest thing, typically isn't, but it is the thing that's going to allow you to better yourself. Like ease and flow and comfort doesn't allow you to grow in the way exactly. that you need to, right? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'd love to transit, <laughs> funny pun, <laughs> into our last section of this episode, which is synastry. I'm I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. like, correctly, yeah. right? Synastry. Yeah. Okay, amazing. So, what is synastry in astrology? Yeah. So, um, a synastry chart is basically a comparison between um, the natal charts of two or more people. And that's in order to determine like how their relationship works. You know, some people will uh, use this with romantic relationships to see if like two people are compatible. And literally what it is, is, you know, both of your, um, both of your birth charts, like superimposed over each other. 
And so you can kind of see like planet will interact and that can kind of tell you whether or not you're quote unquote compatible. I say that. And then I also will um, back up and say, I don't know that I necessarily believe in um, compatibility. (laughs) I think that, you know, any two people can choose to be together. I would never look like personally as an astrologer, I would never look at at two people's um, sinister charts and say like, no way, you guys got to get out. You're not meant to be together. You know, it's always up to that personal choice. Um, But in saying that, there are um, definitely things that I look for that, you know, will say, you know, you have a little bit more of a like ease and flow in this part of your relationship and this part of your relationship might have some tension. Um, So it's more just like an FYI, (laughs) like this is how you guys will interact. Um, And it's less about like yay or nay. And again, coming right back to where we started off this episode with, right? So astrology is not kind of this deterministic thing of like, if you have this in your chart, you need to be in this career doing this thing, and this is how your life will go. And dude, that's a beautiful reminder, especially when it comes to compatibility. And I think that, you know, if you're if you're looking at compatibility of like a romantic relationship or even like a friendship, if you see certain things that don't look good, it's not like this won't work. It's just that maybe there, like you said, there might be a bit more challenge there. But again, challenge can help us grow and help the relationship grow. So not always bad. But what are some of those indicators that you look for um, for for kind of like the ease and flow in two different charts or multiple different charts? Absolutely. Um, so within a synastry chart, there's tons of indicators of, you know, kind of ease and flow in relationships. But what I tend to look at. Um, So one thing is uh, the moon sign. And so, you know, the moon comes out at night. The moon is who we are when no one's looking. It's who we are just in our kind of like emotional uh, world. It's also about like our needs and um, how we feel nurtured and cared for. Um, So I look for compatibility within the moon signs. Um, So, and again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not going to work, um, but it is a good indicator um, to just be like, okay, this person has a moon and cancer, so they want to be nurtured. They need to be like, you know, um, spoken to gently. They need to be like, you know, uh, a, lo- a lot of affection given to them versus someone who might have a moon in um, Gemini. If they have a moon in Gemini, they're probably always going to want to like, verbally process things they're always going to be my husband has moon and gemini and he's like i laugh because it's like information overload all the time it's like he'll have his phone playing like a podcast while he's working on like a, a paper that he's writing while he's playing a video game like it is just oh, wow and that's and that and, uh, like to me that's a nightmare but for him that is so like nurturing for his soul and it's like how I don't know I don't get it but it's good for me to know that <laughs> yeah and so are we looking at for example with the moon sign right are we kind of like what you just described looking at how someone would like to be nurtured and cared for and what lights their soul up, I suppose, or are we kind of, you know, looking at the the basics of the, um, what is it called? Oh my gosh, the fire earth. I'm struggling. Yeah. The elements. The elements. elements. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Are we looking at like the elements and kind of comparing the elements like earth and earth or, you know, fire and water might repel like that kind of thing. 
Yeah, well, so that's a good point. I was actually going to bring that up a little later, but the elements um, are definitely something that I look for within a, a synastry chart. So, um, you know, if someone has, like, let's say someone has a ton of water in their chart, they're probably naturally going to be drawn to someone who has either also a lot of water because like attracts like, or someone who has a lot of earth because earth kind of does this thing where it creates like a container to hold the water in a sense. Um, they're probably going to be less drawn to someone who has like a ton of fire or a ton of air. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's better. You know, easy isn't always good. Like we just said, you know, sometimes that tension just like pushes them further in their karmic path. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, elements are a good thing to look at to see like, you know, the, the other idea is like what completes your chart? Like, let's say you have a lot of fire and a lot of air in your chart. Well, then maybe you want to look for someone with a lot of earth and a lot of um, water because it will just kind of like complete you in a sense. Um, not that you need anyone to complete you, but um, but yeah, the elements yeah, yeah, are I definitely get, I get the good. Vibe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, definitely. And then um, so a couple other things I look for um, is the uh, just like both people's Venuses and how they interact um, because Venus is a really good indicator of of what we're naturally attracted to. Um, and a partner, and so I'll see the Venuses, how they interact with each other. Um, that's a good indicator of, like, kind of flow in a relationship. And then I'll also look to the north and south nodes um, and because that is a good indicator of, like, a karmic connection. Um, and that goes a bit deeper than just, like, oh, are we going to be compatible? This is more like, have you done this, like, with someone else before? Uh, like, have you have you done this before with, with this person? Or like Saturn is also a really good indicator of um, kind of like karmic and past life connections as well. So I'll look to see, you know, like, is someone Saturn sitting right on someone else's south node? Like, wow, that would be like a crazy karmic connection. <laughs> and that doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you guys need to be together forever. But it is a good thing to know, like, oh, there's definitely something that this person has for you in this lifetime, whether that is, you know, partnership forever, whether that is just like, you know, for, you know, whatever designated time you'd like to, um, you'd like to have it. Uh, but yeah, that, that is a good indicator as well. Yeah. And I love that you kind of talked about that, uh, the completion of the chart. And again, going, you know, like you said, you're not here to look for your other half, so to speak. But to me, that almost reminded me of this idea of like opposites attract, right? And I think there are those two types of relationships. Like sometimes you do have the two people that are very similar. They're like the same person and they just click like that. But then other times you have the two people who maybe their values are, are at the core, like very similar, but on the surface, they're so opposite, but something there works. And I think that when you were explaining that, I was like, oh, that kind of reminds me of something like that, right? Yeah, no, totally, absolutely. And it also depends on, like I say, it depends on the um, person-specific birth chart because there might be people who, you know, I mean, I believe in past lives. You don't have to believe in past lives to, um, you know, practice astrology, but I think that there are some people here who choose to have like maybe an easier round where you're just like, your partner is just like basically the same person as you. And that doesn't mean that you won't have challenges in life. Maybe that's just not where the challenge is. The challenge is external, you know, and then there are other people who might choose to come in and have a partner that will literally push them forward in their karmic path, you know, whether that has, to, you know, whether that's tension, um, or that is, you know, just encouragement, it, it really just depends on, on what your karmic path is, and, and what you've chosen to, 
to be a part of this lifetime. So we kind of touched on some of the strong indicators, the promising ones. Um, what are some that may kind of indicate struggle when it comes to those two different charts? Yeah, good question. Um, so uh, when I look at someone's ministry chart, um, I'll look for a couple things. And obviously, again, no no deal breakers, but um, this can indicate some, uh, some different types of struggle. So like Pluto, if Pluto is, um, you know, in a tense aspect with um, a personal planet of the other person or, uh, you know, a certain angle of, of uh, another person, that can sometimes indicate some power struggles. Um, because Pluto, you know, has to do with power. Um, and, and that can be challenging for sure, you know. Um, and then Saturn can also indicate struggles. But again, with Saturn, there's usually that kind of like karmic connection where it can be like a bit of a struggle, but it's usually like, I think you're supposed to struggle in this way <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. And then Mars. Um, Mars can definitely bring some fieriness, <laughs> a little bit of battle um, because, you know, Mars is the god of war. He's kind of that warrior energy. And it just depends on the person. It's not always the worst thing, but it can definitely bring like some fiery contention um, in a relationship. I love that. Thank you for explaining that. I think obviously synastry can get even more advanced, it sounds like, right? Because you're looking at things like aspects and angles and things like that. Mm -hmm. So Probably best to see someone if you're trying to look at or try to read a synastry chart. But before we kind of wrap up this particular section, I'm curious, like how much emphasis should we place on synastry and astrology? And kind of, you know, you, you did touch on this at the very beginning of us starting this conversation, but I would love to know for, for someone who is going to get a synastry reading done and, you know, looking at maybe like a, a chart with their partner, their romantic partner or a friend or whatever the case is, like if they come out of that reading and, the, and they're told you have all of these different things that indicate struggle is that something where they should reconsider their relationship or are you kind of like listen you'll be okay it might be a little bit of a struggle but like if you choose this and they choose this you know y'all could be good and it could work yeah I think you just said the I don't know you just said the exact thing that you needed to say I, I guess for lack of a better word is that um it's about choice so like if you and that person are both like listen we know we have these struggles we know that you're this type of person and I'm this type of person, but we're choosing each other and we're both committed to the relationship. We're both committed to each other's, you know, karmic paths that you have in this lifetime. Um, then it could absolutely work. But if one person is committed and the other person isn't, or both people are not committed, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> so you're right. It's all about choice. Um, but as far as like how much emphasis you should put in uh, to synastry, to be honest, I don't put a ton of emphasis into it only because, you know, like I said, you were born with your natal chart. That's exactly how it is, you know, and it's never going to change. But not everything is activated at every moment. So there, you know, we're always evolving as people. We're always, you know, learning and evolving and changing. And, um, you know, with a synastry chart, there may be things that are like, you know, showing a bit of tension. That tension might not even show up for 10, 20 years. Who knows? Um, it's just, it's, it's really all about, um, it's really all about choice. And it's all about, um, you know, what you're wanting out of this life. Are you wanting a partner that's going to challenge you? Or are you wanting a partner that's just going to, you know, have your back and just be, you know, really, really compatible with you. And neither is bad or good. It's just, it's all about choice. <laughs> yeah. So at the end of the day, it 
we can just remove astrology from this particular <laughs> thing because it just sounds like you know the way you explained it, it it literally just sounds like a relationship without you I guess adding astrology as a specific layer to what you know to predicting the success of the relationship at the end of the day like you said it's choice it's about and you know it depends on so many different things like you know I don't know, whatever y'all value, how your life changes, how you grow as a person, what's introduced, the people that come in, the opportunities, like all the different things. So it, it is one of those things where I think it would be so easy if we could say, you know, we could predict the success of this relationship based on X, Y, and Z transits and this, that, and the other, but it's not as simple as that. Is, is anything in life ever as simple as that? I, but it was fun to, I know, right? That would be yeah. great if you could be like, yeah, y'all could get married and you will stay together forever and this is your person that is it exactly shows it. Yeah. that would be lovely yeah. love that right divorce rates yeah, will be down um <laughs> absolutely astrology yeah. does though like um you know you were like we could just remove astrology completely you can but what the one thing that astrology really does do well though is it helps you to understand like we said about like the moon signs and and that's just kind of scratching the surface but it really does help you to understand where that person's coming from, why they are the way they are, their foundation, like, and also like their life path, like, what are they choosing to do in this lifetime? Because you know, this person now as like, you know, let's say you're engaged and you're 28 years old and you're like, okay, we're going to get married. That person's going to change like a ton in the next, you know, however long they live. <laughs> and so um, just astrology really gives you an understanding on like life path. Like what is this person here to do? And, and how are, I mean, of course they have to choose to do it and they have to choose to like accept that mission, um, so to speak. But uh, astrology really does give you that um, sort of like foundational, like who is this person at their core? How do they want to be cared for? How do they want to be loved? And that is why synastry charts can be really uh, impactful for relationships. But, you know, with the predictive piece, that's a little hit or miss. <laughs> so, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful way to wrap that up. Thank you for that. And very well put. So, Brittany, this has been an amazing conversation, a lovely hour. I've enjoyed chatting with you. And I know we have to chat after this about rescheduling my particular reading because I have some questions about my chart specifically. But before we wrap up, I would love to know where we can find you online. I will have everything down below. I know you're offering listeners 10% off their reading with you. So I'll just have your, I believe your Instagram is where you like people to come and find you um either or so my website is girlsnightastrology.com um and then instagram is girlsnightastrology and yeah i would love to just as a fun promo for valentine's day like share the love i'd love to uh offer your listeners 10 percent off um i don't have a code or anything but um you know feel free to either dm me or um i have a contact form on my website you can reach out that way and just let me know that um you heard about me from deandra and yeah this is this has been so fun i love this can we do Yay. it like every day <laughs> i know right i love these kinds of episodes they're so fun like i get to learn the listeners get to learn it's just an amazing time so thank you so much i will link both your website and your instagram down below in the show notes and again no code needed just mention me or manifest daily and thank you again for this amazing offer and for this beautiful conversation
What if I told you that in 2024, you were going to travel more? I bet you would be excited because who doesn't have travel more on their 2024 vision board? But my loves, it's time to craft a bit of an action plan and take your first steps. And this is where I come in. I'm hosting a trip to Bali, May 23rd to May 29th, 2024 for the Manifest Daily community. I'm so excited about this one. We have a jam-packed itinerary. We have a Balinese cooking class, a sacred monkey forest visit, a coffee brewing workshop, literally the works because that's just a taste of the itinerary and this trip is a celebration of new beginnings and also a couple of birthdays so if you're curious about bali and you want to meet me there alongside a couple other wonderful amazing beautiful souls head to my website for more information themanifestly.com events visit the link in the show notes and yeah let's let's hang out in bali